0: there
1: yeah and that's the way it is i don't do interviews interviews get hacky you know they get fake if i had 10 questions it's weird because she's really good with that she's a good interviewer if you gave me 10 questions two of them would get asked and then you'd be like yeah and then um i had a baby and then i'm like oh fuck these other questions tell me about that (laughs) like you know what i mean and we just that's how i flow it so yeah but without further ado Welcome to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm Venture. This is Hannah. And we got a great episode for you guys today. Go ahead and tell the listener your name and where you're from.
0: Um, I'm Louis Ayala. I'm from actually Vicella, uh, California. Raised in Philadelphia, a small town in Kenneth Square, Pennsylvania. Mm. Outskirts of Philadelphia, so the suburbs. Say. Uh-huh. And I'm actually staying out here in Southern California now.
1: Okay. How long have you been in LA?
0: Uh, Actually, I'm going about for 12, 13 years. Okay, so
1: it's been a while. Okay, I like that. And obviously, go ahead, LA Barbershop, right? Yeah. Coming from... We appreciate you coming out and taking the time. Barbershops no and just barbers in general are some of our favorite people to have because what we're finding on the show is it's there's no more diverse group of like profession than barbers. You guys are some of the weirdest guys. It'll be like, oh yeah, I was an Ivy League guy, now I'm a barber. And then the guy was like, no, I did 20 years in the pen, and then now I'm a <laughs> barber. So it's like you have it. I'm a guy a girl, and it's just so cool how like barber culture is blowing up and growing and it's just an amazing thing so we appreciate you coming out yeah, here no problem, no problem. yeah how did you get into oh excuse me how did you get into cutting hair
0: well actually i've always been around it you know since growing up from high school i would go to uh you know my local barber shop sweep get their food you know just to squeeze in or like you know just catch the vibe of squeezing a, a free haircut but um that that's what you know obviously it doesn't you know uh things in life, it doesn't go your way how you want to, you know, especially getting out of high school and, you know, trying to figure yourself out. But um, fast forward to, you know, 2016, you know, my my wife was was pregnant, you know, I was working my nine to five job and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, you know, as a career or as, you know, something other than my nine to five. And um, yeah, you know, pressure came in, you know, baby on the way. So I had to figure something out. And um yeah I went to you know barber school good thing that I had a, a little background you know how to do a regular haircut and I went from there
1: I like that mm-hmm. so when the pressure was on that's when you kind of had to figure your shit out huh Yeah
0: I had yeah yeah I
1: had no other choice <laughs> Her dad is a he's a very wise man and he's one of the best things he's told me is like you always got to have a plan for your life mm-hmm. no matter what it is right you always got to get early right we don't have any kids yet but that's i'm on the horizon right we're five years out for something like that but at least the thought of things like that would be like hey maybe let's not wait until you get pregnant to be like what the fuck are we gonna do right so it's just awesome i want to hear how'd you meet your wife
0: what's Hi. her name Uh her name is stacy rodriguez St- shout out to stacy <laughs> right? uh, you know i mean uh the last name like yeah right, i got you it's <laughs> all good it's all good but um yeah actually it's funny man we met on facebook mm. <laughs> i yeah. like that yeah, um, we was it, well in twenty fifteen. You know how all those uh like uh, what was it like Tinder? Tinder mm-hmm. was it? Tinder wasn't like all all up there, but um, you know all the dating apps were all around. Like you know we we're hitting Meet Me and uh, you know different uh, Scout, different so, apps oh, were. So you
1: had all of them, huh? You yeah, I was. Yeah. On <laughs> <all> <laughs> I them, was. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You, but
0: but I uh, you know Facebook. You could say it's a little bit more reliable. Mutual mm-hmm. friends, you know, and yeah, they went. You know, I got to know her f- through there through a friend, uh-huh. and then you know, we went off from there.
1: I like mm-hmm. that, yeah. What was like the first date you
0: guys went on? Uh, actually, we just uh, we went to party, bro. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I am with that, <laughs> yeah.
1: Had to show her a good time, yeah, a little bit of dancing, things like that, yeah. Of course, oh, we love that, man. So, you had a kid too? How many, how many, just one kid?
0: No, we have two, okay, two. yeah. My mm-hmm. oldest is 14, and my youngest is uh. Seven. Oh, She nice. just turned seven in, uh, in January. Okay, so you have
1: two girls or two girls, yeah. Oh man, you're a girl dad. What's that like?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. Did it's you tough. ever
1: see yourself as having girls or like? Do you, are you an only child? How how did you grow up? Um,
0: actually, I'm I'm the oldest. Okay. But uh, I have two sisters and I have a. Uh, uh, Three step bros.
1: Okay, so you grew up with girls, so you yeah, kind of yeah. knew the deal. And
0: yeah, most of most of us uh, have a lot of aunts so, mm. yeah. around the family, so it's mostly female. Mm.
2: So,
1: did having girls kind of change you at all, or like how have you kind of learned and navigated that whirlwind?
0: Uh, it was a surprise, bro, you know, because uh, I, I would say a surprise because I wasn't really with my family. I was, you know, growing up in, in a different, uh, different environment. But, um, it it was just different, man. you I feel like you could relate more if you know, if you had a son or like, you know, father and, and, and son bond, but you know, it you it works out. It ends up working out.
2: That's awesome. You know,
0: it's a blessing.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So how did you guys come to sort of generate your guys' barbershop then? Sort of what was the first steps that you took to build kind of what you guys are successfully growing to this day?
0: Do you wanna add something? Uh, Leo, uh, yeah. You know, shout out to my homie Leo Bardo Treviso. Yeah.
2: yeah, shout out. Definitely.
1: Come on, bro. Yeah, just pop in there. You can kind of turn yeah, it a yeah. little bit. I wish we had like another. That's we need to get another like mic yeah. in here soon. Maybe I'll do that.
2: Yeah,
0: bro, let's do that.
1: All yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. They're uh, sharing the mic for the listener, so <laughs> yeah. kind of re- wrestling <laughs> over there on the couch, trying to figure out how we're doing it. Uh, no worries. Uh, Nice to meet you guys. My name is Leo. Um, Yeah, pull the mic up a little bit. What's up, Leo? Perfect. Nice to meet you guys.
3: Uh, So, yeah, I met uh, Lewis back in barber school. Okay. um, Back in uh, 2018, and uh, he actually finished barber school before I did. Um, I think I was actually supposed to finish going into, like, right before, like, COVID Mm. started. So that kind of messed me up. I stopped going to school. I was working my nine to five. It was actually a 4 a.m. to like 1230.
1: Oh, what shift. were you doing?
3: Shift. Um, I was a merchandiser mm. for like Home Depots. Oh, gotcha. So I would do that. And then I would pretty much leave my passions to the side. Mm. So I would, um, I'm also an artist. I uh, paint. Um, I was doing barbering, but I kind of, it kind of gave me that uh, a little bit of a, I would say, uh, how would you explain going into like COVID? It was just a little bit tough Mm. because all the shops were closed. But um, I was basically taking all my my uh, all my coworkers home, Mm. and I would start cutting their hair, and then I was doing like house calls and stuff like that. So it kind of gave me a little bit of a jump into my my barber career. Um, That's when I started, you know, cutting hair more. Uh, Up until. 2022, when my son was born. Um, Congrats. Appreciate that, yeah. Um, yeah, once my son was born, um, working my job, I mean, I wasn't fully, I guess you could say, I was kind of like falling into a little bit of a depression.
1: Mm. Mm. Um, Pull the mic a little bit closer, I'm sorry. Me, brother. There you go. Yeah, I was falling a little
3: bit into like depression. Mm. But at that point, I was just realizing, you know what, I'm really not fully uh satisfied with my my full-time job i've always tried to make the best of everything but at that point i was like you know what i just need to uh jump into what i actually enjoy like mm. my passions um there's actually a famous quote from uh john lennon um, that really stuck with me ever since like high school um when i was reading that i believe he was uh, given an assignment in in school and the teacher had uh, asked them what to, uh, what to write, like what they wanted to be when they grew up. And he wrote down happy. Mm. And when the teacher like circulated around and was like, uh, you know, I don't think you understood the assignment. Well, he responded with, well, I don't think you understand life. Mm. Oh. <clears throat> so that really, you know. Really stuck with me.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. That's similar to the Bob Marley movie. You, you guys seen that in the? DMs? I haven't seen it yet, but I know it just uh we it just just, saw it just came it. out. Recommend nice. take, it's
2: really good. Yeah, t-
1: take your lady. It's really good because he finishes too with like some of my favorite. I love Bob Marley, right? Yes. But that that's honestly one of the first ones to where when we see a lot of these bio movies and things like that, it's usually like Muhammad Ali, it's usually Martin Luther King, it's usually like people we know from America. Yes. This was the first one where like I'm with Jamaica, love reggae, big beach vibe, right? But like that was one where I kind of got to see kind of how outside of America people kind of see – some of the icons that we've exactly. built, it's cool to see an icon built from Jamaica, mm. like coming exactly. from the islands. And he was basically saying like, hey, are you a rich man, right? And Bob was like, no, it depends on how you define riches, right? Like I don't have riches in the form of money. If you're always searching for money, money's a number. Numbers go forever, right? So you'll never obtain your happiness if you're chasing numbers, mm. right? Sure. So it's awesome. Yeah,
3: money money comes and goes. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's beautiful for... I mean, to be able to see us embrace people like that. Um, same thing for Lewis. You know, uh, when I met him, we clicked. Mm. But um, him being born out here and then, like, heading out towards, like, Philly, coming back, us connecting. Um, pretty much, you know, when we were in barber school, he would, we would always talk about opening a shop together, doing certain things the way we wanted to do it. I actually started off at another barber shop. Um, shout out to, uh, Campos Barbershop. Um, the owner there was pretty much what gave me the push to actually like take it serious and get into school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, uh, Lewis reached back out to me and he was like, Hey, uh, I have a chair for you. Mm. And, um, that was when I, uh, I took a leave from work, went back to bar- uh barber school to go finish. It was about two months. And then right after that, Lewis was like, Hey, uh. You know, you gonna come check out the shop, checked out the shop. And, uh, we had a conversation and right after that, he was just like, like, what do I got to do to keep you here, bro? So you don't leave. Mm. Yeah. And, um, I was like, well, I mean nothing. He's like, I was like, I'm not sure exactly what I want to do. Like, you know, I just got to finish. I'm not sure if I'm going to go back. Like, I'm still, I still got to finish up my stuff. I'm still at my job. So, uh, we ended up working things out and, uh, now you know, here we are now I'm just kind of like guiding the shop uh he pretty much gave me creative freedom mm. to kind of like take over the barbershop page oh also. yeah, and now pretty much you know I'm kind of uh doing the photography, doing videos, content stuff like that for the shop yeah
0: more of a more of a
2: vision mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah. he's an artist so he he could uh basically distinguish what you know. Where to set it over? What 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 gravitates? You know, mm. for for um, people to come into the shop, or, yeah, you know, and, uh, and um, go from there. You know, I have yeah. so many
1: questions about like digital content, Definitely. since that's kind of your side of things. You are more of a. Are we talking like? behind the scenes as far as building the shop, is that kind of what yeah. your aspect was? Mm. Hop back on the mic, flip Definitely. again guys, and then we'll, <laughs> this i this how we're gonna do the episode. We're gonna switch it <laughs> every 10 minutes. <laughs> Sounds so <good>. do that. <laughs> I like how we're doing this. This is a first that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we did it.
0: We're making it work. Huh? Yeah, we are. yeah.
1: So you gotta you gotta make lemonade with whatever you got, right? Exactly. <laughs> so oh yep. So my question is was the shop that you guys have right now already a barber shop before you guys took over it?
0: Actually, it was okay. Where, cool. where that location that we were, we're at right now, um, it's been a barbershop or it's been a beauty salon. It's been it's been uh you know it's been in the Cosmo and the barber. Mm you know, for the past 10 years.
1: And is that usually how it works? Is like, if I wanted to start a shop tomorrow, I should probably find one that's transitioning out and then just kind of take it over? Or can do people kind of build them from just open spaces? It's
0: 50-50. Okay. Yeah, because uh, you, you, um, you could get a barbershop that's already been established, but if you don't know how to, you know, guide it or administrate it, or if you don't even got people skills, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's better off if you start from scratch. I like that like the, let me uh go sorry ahead. about that. Yeah, do you yeah, when when we got the when when I got the barbershop um the guy treated it as a private studio. Mm. So he wasn't really open to the public. He was mostly doing appointments. It it was very very secluded. So it wasn't going to go as as from seeing it from the outside, the business point wasn't going to flourish how mm. how he uh pictured it. So that's when I come in. I was actually staking out that that location for like a year. Mm. I was at a different barbershop before I took that leap. And um, yeah, well, you know, shout out to my uh, homie, uh, Carlos. <laughs> yeah. Um he uh he actually lives in front of the shop so we was just waiting until you know they, they put the four lease mm. and we was ready to go. He went and took it down yeah. and I was like here's that number <laughs> on huh? the same actually on that same day I actually went and um yeah, purchased the uh, purchased the lease on that. Oh on that's, that's
2: what's so awesome. sometimes
1: timing is everything yeah.
2: right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Timing is yeah. so important. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit more about how you're developing. I guess how big is your guys' team right now as far as like the size of the shop, how many uh chairs do you got, how many barbers do you guys we got? Actually,
0: we actually we, we want to stay small. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a, you you can build a, a a right team and a right foundation with people with everybody that gets along. That's awesome. I feel like uh you know, I, I I've never worked in a barbershop with more than 12 booths or te- 12 chairs, but I can only imagine from other peers and all the colleagues that work in the industry uh, how uh, egos and not having the same mindset can uh can actually dis- disrupt the the mm-hmm. business.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely. So how many, you guys got four or five, less than 10? Four
0: four chairs. Perfect. Four chairs. We got four barbers. Um, And yeah, we've been, the three barbers that we have is me, Leo, and uh, Carlos, and we, we actually, we've been knowing each other for about five or six years, roughly, mm. from, from barber
1: school. Okay. And yeah. then you talk about the culture of the shop. That's, that's where the power really is as far as a barber shop that is unique. Because, yeah, they all cut hair, but they're not all the same, right? Correct. Every barber Correct. shop has a fingerprint that is really magnified. You can go down and find a thousand of them, but a thousand of them have their own story. And just historically, I'm sure you guys know growing up, too, is that's a stable in the community no matter where you go in america especially in southern california because we're in such a diverse area you have the black barbershops you have the mexican ones you have asian ones right and now it's so cool because everything's starting to fuse together so diverse yes and it's beautiful because that's what it's about. So kind of you guys are really unofficial therapists
2: <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what. So it's like, Leo how do saying. you guys? Like
1: say all the time. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. how do you navigate sort of developing yourselves, you know, and then developing like your book of business? I want to hear about all of that. How do you become a successful barber? I guess.
0: I'm. gonna let Leo
1: take. Yeah, yeah! 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 You can twist it, but that means you're gonna be all on his lap and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs>
3: um, yeah. So I mean. Exactly what you just said, uh, you know, us being um, pretty much like therapists. Uh, that's something that I like to say a lot. Is uh, every time just having a, a device, uh, diverse, um, a div- diversity, you know, in different,
1: you know. People. Pause. I can do this better. We're going to put a chair right there. And Sounds we're good. just going to turn the mic around. Okay, yeah, we we're talking about the culture of a barbershop. Sorry, guys, we had to pause it real quick and yeah, fix you know, some logistics.
3: I, I just, I believe in uh, living in Los Angeles. You just you're you come across many different you know races, um, and I mean I don't think you know that's anything that we've ever had a problem with is just being able to uh, connect with everyone and mm. being a people person. Um, I think in any business you really have to be like have people skills in order to you know for any business to to flourish. Mm. If you don't have uh, people skills, I mean, I think you kind of block your own roads. Right. Um, I think that's one thing, like, that we both have, um, Lewis and I, is we're able to connect with, you know, different people. We're able to, you know, laugh and joke around with, you know, everyone and mm. people just kind of gravitate towards, like, our energy. Um, I mean, I don't think we've ever been, like, really quiet. Mm. But, uh, you know, yeah, us kind of doing, like, a podcast for the first time. I mean, we've done, you know, little interviews. Stuff like that, but, you know, it gets a little nerve-wracking. Mm. Oh, no. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you guys are doing great right now. Are. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, um, I think pretty much the direction that we're trying to push the shop is for it to be able to feel like home for mm. all of our
0: customers. Mm. At, the same way, at the same time, we're actually trying to make a staple. Since we got Los Angeles Barbershop, <laughs> it's so, you know, gen- uh, what's it called? It's genetic. Generic and bold at the same time, because mm. you know there's so many barbershops in Southern California, in right. California, mm-hmm. all together. But to take it, you know, the name Los Angeles Barbershop and go with it, it it, it means a big thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: What makes you guys work so well together?
0: Um. Actually, we've been knowing each other for mm. years now. I feel like, like he said, you know, since since we met, we clicked, and it, it it's it's been uh, it's been a blessing ever since. Has That's there
2: cool. been any struggles at all? Are you guys very similar or are you different? We're actually very, very
3: similar, mm. and mm. <laughs> yeah, sim- similar and different. I think similar and different. Yeah, we're similar and different. Um, Turn think, that mic just a little bit. I think it's touchy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think uh, with us two. Um, Lewis, he's, he's, uh, he has his own, his own, you know, perspective, the way he like looks at things. Mm. Um, but I think that whenever I have like an idea, he's very open-minded to it. Um, and we just kind of go based off of that. Like, Hey, you know, what do you think if we do this? Mm. And he's like, you know what? I think that's a good idea. Like, let's run with that. Let's see how, how that goes. Um, and then we've been getting a lot of feedback from a lot of our customers as well. As, uh, they're kind of noticing everything we're doing with the shop. Mm. Um, you know, For instance, right now, currently, I'm working on a mural on the back of the shop.
2: Oh.
3: Um, and it's kind of just um, highlighting you know, Los Angeles rappers who, who have passed away here. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That are from Los Angeles. Mm. Do you um, already
1: have the mural planned
3: out? like uh, Who is going on it? Yeah, so uh, the first one, we actually started off with uh, Money Signs Wade. Oh cool! Mm. Which um, you know he's a Huntington Park native. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the the cool things about that was that he actually he used to shoot a lot of his videos off of Gage Gage Avenue. Okay. In Huntington Park, um, and that's where our shop is at. Mm-hmm. So it was only right, you know, that we kind of highlighted him being you know in the barbershop. Mm. Um, A lot of his close friends also, they actually get their haircuts with us as well.
2: That's
1: awesome. Who would you say are some of your, you guys are doing great right now too. We can transfer now into music since we're already touching on it. Who are some of your guys' favorite artists growing up?
3: Uh, I would say my favorite rapper is is The Game. Okay. Mm. He's from Compton. I actually lived in Compton for a couple of years. Where do you stay at now? How far from the shop? Currently right now, I I reside in uh, Monterey Park. Okay. Okay. It's about a... 10, 15 minutes mm. from the barbershop.
2: Nice.
3: Um, it's not too far. But, um, yeah, I would say uh, there's been, you know, I I know a lot of people now recently got introduced to Nipsey Hussle, mm-hmm. you know, once he passed away. But he was actually someone that I would listen to from, like, when he was, you know, starting off in his career. Mm. Um, I think, you know, when you live in Los Angeles and you're from here, like, you know who's begins to get that buzz. Yeah. And you just gravitate towards their music because everything that they talk about, you know, you can relate to it. It's very, very relevant.
2: Mm.
1: I love Nipsey Hussle. His, um, as far as the lyrics that we're talking about, when you really break it down, you can see how prolific he was and how different. And that kind of just makes it hurt a little bit more. You know For what sure. I mean? Exactly. Like I, I still get emotional now whenever we put something on to where it's like he wasn't even scratching the surface of what could have been, right?
3: It, it's, uh, it's still, it's still unbelievable to mm-hmm. now, um, yeah, we are, we are, I we, like my cousins also, um, they actually they're really close friends with some of the people from his camp, mm. oh. um, which we've gotten to meet before. But um, yeah, it's just uh you know it it's, it's still kind of like gives you that awe feeling, mm. you know you just still can't believe it. I feel like from COVID till now, it seems like it just it was a blink of an eye, mm. and these past couple of years just went by so fast. Yeah. I agree. You know, and as fast forwarding into you know business and you know entrepreneurship, like it's not as easy as people think it is.
1: I would love now that we're here, yeah, to listen to the transition. Whoever wants to go first between sort of and be careful with those headphones. You know how they scream if you keep them too close. That's where that. So just keep it a little away. But as you guys transitioned from employees to now independent business owners, and you now have to create, right? You guys are now the bosses. You're in charge. Was that a natural transition for you? Was that always something that you guys have been accustomed to? Or what were some of the biggest hurdles that maybe you personally, like organizing your time, you know, not having anyone to tell you where to be and what to do, how have you guys navigated that?
0: Since uh, since I purchased the barbershop in, uh, what is it, um, June 2022? Yeah. So you know it's going to be 2 years that it's been up and running mm-hmm. thanks to grace of god yeah, but amazing. um
2: uh,
0: the difference from being in a barber shop and renting the chair renting the booth and jumping to a business owner or you know just venturing out by yourself it has to do a lot with you know money resources and you could say a little bit of gatekeeping because mm. you know obviously you're not going to they're not going to tell you how to open a business they're not going to give you there's not a one on one book that you know Unless somebody that you know or somebody that's very close that wants to give you know, give you the the, the rundown on how, how things are, are done or where to go to the city mm. to get permits, you know, get uh licenses, like you know, they don't even teach you that in school. So mm. yeah. it's 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 uh it's a it's actually a struggle if you know, to go find that information. It's easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. just for somebody to tell you, Hey, go look over there or hey, do this this way. Yeah, it's a, it's a little tough if, if you're, you know, doing it by yourself. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's honestly kind of the start of the podcast, right? Whereas we didn't know anybody who even like played an instrument. We didn't know any artists. I've never touched a microphone, done anything like that before. So it's like, how do you now, the information's there, podcasts are out there, right? There's a fucking gajillion of them. But how do you really create a show and start to develop a brand that... Honestly, can um, operate within itself, right? Like just going, just I tell you right now. I don't know what you guys know about audio hardware. This is fucking retarded to do. This is hard to do. <laughs> all moving the microphones, having all this. We had to go through four setups just to get sort of Wait, something exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah, something that goes like, oh, now I know what to do. But when I'm in the room now with, it doesn't matter if it's a fellow podcaster, like we've, we saw a guy down the road, right? He's actually our neighbor. Shout out to Will. He's been on the show carrying similar equipment to this. And I, gra- I was like, hey, yo, do you podcast? Come in now. We need to do an episode and just like swapping notes, right? I'm sure you guys do it with barbers or just businesses of like, what's working? What's not working? Okay, so what do you edit with, right? Okay, what are you posting on? And then you know what I mean? How are you uh, getting guests, right? Okay, that's working, that's working. It's just so cool to be able to i've naturally always been that way Mm. i'm fucking terrible if you tell me what to do and that's just not how my personality is i'm sure you guys are similar to where like ever since a kid right i was the kid that was like everybody was getting their job at Domino's or Pizza Hut or something like that. And we were from West Torrance. So right there in the South Bay and I go, mm, we have the strand right here. I'm going to walk people's dogs, you know what I mean? In high school, right? And then all of a sudden I go from walking people's dogs, right? And that's how we met, right? Mm-hmm. It was just, I took this girl on so many fucking, that's all we did was walk around we the beach, dogs three, all day long. four, five dogs, just, just grabbing dogs, right? And then started meeting certain clientele. Now I start to get exposed to high level people. Now I go, Hey, I don't just walk dogs. dog. I train your dog. I can do this. Now all of a sudden you got people that are like, oh, you need to call venture, right? At 16, 17 years old, right? Call venture. So now we're pulling up to these big mansions, right? And coming out and just like, now I'm making more money in the summer than the fucking teacher is, right? And it's just like one of those things where when you have the tools and the drive to build anything you want the sky's the limit right Right. and that's amazing how you guys are thinking right
0: yeah it's because they don't see behind the scenes Mm -hmm. like you said you know i mean what it takes you know like uh, the equipment you know it's it's uh it's like a movie man you gotta have the directors the actors everybody gotta fall into place in order for you to get to that goal you know what i mean And, and you can't do it by yourself Mm-hmm. You know, especially like like I was telling, you know, I go I, we talk about this all the time. It's like, I, I you know, the shop needs a team. You know what I mean? I, I, he tells me too, like, hey, you did the leap of getting the shop. So now, you know what I mean? We got to get the right team, the right people, to, you know, to get to the goal that we want. And everybody has to be in the same page. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I mean?
1: I, I love that. You can't do it by yourself. I think I want to switch over to you yeah. now, if you guys can change it. That is literally, I think maybe one of the biggest hurdles kind of hitting our community right is the fact that if you're soft if you take help right if you're you're soft if you can't do it all by yourself right because nobody can do it by yourself you're just one person right people who really hit the upper echelons of what they're trying to do and master their craft all have had help and then they all give help right it's exactly. crazy how like when I develop you know the businesses that we run the difference between getting like a single mom to let's say invest like $20 into herself or her family might take two weeks right but if you get a barbershop let's say with I don't know 30 guys or something like that and they see the big picture and he's like no I want to make sure everybody's taken care of here two days from now or a restaurant or something like that two days. Yeah. Money's already wired. And it's crazy how people think they have to do it by themselves. Right. But certain people that build successful teams, it's so awesome that you guys have each other and you guys' hearts are in the right place for doing things like that. And we would love to hear more about sort of, you know, your process with that.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, when it comes to something like that, I think it's, it's having structure, um, obviously jotting down what your purpose is going to be. Like when it, I mean, exactly the way you said, you know, there's tons of podcasts out there, but at the end of the day, I really think it boils down to like anything that you want to do, any type of business, like you have to jot down your purpose. Like, what do you want to gain out of this? Obviously you want it to be your job. You want to make money from it. um, You know, you want it to be successful, but people don't really see like what it, like the behind the scenes stuff that goes on, you know, while running a business. Mm. Like, for instance, um, you know, if we have new barbers coming in or I would speak for myself, like, you know, if I, if there's a, like a whole weekend where Lewis is fully booked and he's just, you know, busy, some people coming in as a customer, oh, you know, it seems like you guys are doing good. Oh, you guys are making changes to the shop. Like you guys must have a lot of money coming in. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Like you can make some money, but the thing is that that money has to be reinvested yeah. in order to make more money. So it's like days like that where I'm like, bro, like we could be sitting there Monday through Thursday with no haircuts. Mm. And we're over here scratching our heads like, bro, how are we going to do this? Like you have a family to feed. I have a family to help contribute towards, you know, like I have a, I have my son, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it becomes a little nerve wracking. Um, but dealing with that, it's just um, it, it does it does become a stress. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like if that's your passion and that's something that you're passionate about you're going to try to keep on pushing towards all those, you know, you're going to go against all those hurdles. Mm. Um, So I think for us, that's what kind of helps, you know, the way we work because he's a father, I'm a father. We both have the same purpose. We know what we want, like, out of the business. So it's just us jotting down ideas and, like, hey, like, you know, a month from now, like, what do you want to do? A year from now, where do you want to see us? Mm. So it's just, you know, um, it's, a, it's a partnership. Um, it is tough, but um, when it comes to building a business, you really have to just sit down and be productive, like, on your downtime.
2: Yeah. How has it been trying to get everyone on the team aligned with, with the purpose and with everything that you guys are doing?
3: Uh, with that, I would say, I mean, at least from my perspective, like, I understand because, you know, we have, we have two, other, uh, two other barbers. other mm. barbers. Um, which you know they're our friends as well, but they have their jobs as well. Mm. Um, um, shout out to Carlos and and uh, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jason Jason is a father also, so I know how tough it is you know for him just mm. to kind of like have that uh, that trying to balance out the his full time job into transitioning into being a barber. Right. Like I know that that's tough because that's something that we've both we both battled with. Who's that and, Mm. Yeah, so you know we've we've dealt with that. Um but yeah with uh with doing that, I mean it, it's it's a bit of a struggle. It's, you know, it's a little bit tough, but at the end of the day, I think uh becoming a barber, I mean, you just want to you want to have clientele coming in. And I yeah. think that's what keeps people happy. Mm. It's like if they have the clients, then they're more motivated. Yeah. But us that we're there like during the week weekday, I mean it, it is a little bit tough. But um come the weekend we're like, "Hey, well, you know, everyone has to stay motivated. Everyone mm-hmm. has to have money in their pockets.
0: Have to have the same drive as well.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and then just uh, certain clients gravitate towards certain people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's some people who who come in and they're looking specifically for Lewis. So it's like, oh, you know what? He just stepped out really quick. He'll be right back. He just took a quick lunch.
0: mm mm-hmm. That's that's how that's how the team works. Like, say if a like you know if it's a busy busy day in the shop and like you have to be available if you you know. If you're a barber, if you're in, in any business, like if you're not there, you know, Monday through, uh, say, Monday through Friday, at least, you know, stick the days that you're going to be there. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and stick it out. And that's how you become a successful, you know, barber. Yeah. If you're doing it part time or full time or whatever it is, you got to have structure. Like um, Leo said, you have to have a discipline as well. And, you know, the drive to, you know, to to, uh, pursue,
1: to pursue what you want. Mm. I love what you guys are touching on right now and I kind of want to stay here for another couple minutes with the both of you if it's cool Mm -hmm. stick with me here I'm really good at this part of it when we pull value out the way I see things shifting as far as business I'm a younger guy right I'm in my early 20s still growing you know certain things and I've been built a little bit differently than I think how you guys were built to where you guys were still unfortunately susceptible to that old guard of those gatekeepers that you're talking about right where it's like you gotta have a, a, a fucking college degree to be successful, or you gotta have like these connections to do it, and you gotta have all this and this, right? And then with the guys coming up with me, we're just so naturally understanding of like, no, I don't have to know, just reach out to them. See what the fuck happens. If they hit you back, they do. If not, move on to the next guy, right? But when they do hit you back, make sure that you cultivate those relationships, make sure that the people are taken care of and do right by everybody, right? That's the whole point. So it's like, I'm starting off with that baseline versus the whole like, my boss is an asshole and this and that. I'm sure you guys have so many stories where it's just some guy that like doesn't, Show you the human being behind whatever the mission is that you guys are doing. So now, as you guys are the owners and operators, it's so important, even with this show, to break that barrier that barrier of like. I personally, people, the way like business is shifting is people want to buy from who they like, right? It's like, it's not necessarily about, oh, this guy might not be the best barber, which is cool. I hope you're the best barber, but how do I feel when I'm in the seat, right? That's what you guys are pushing. So the point that I love to hear about is when you guys are talking about fathering, being parents, right? Leading your guys' families and the shop. Did you guys grow up with fathers in the homes or or are you guys kind of just, Running it from scratch, um, I did.
3: I did myself. Um, you, you had your dad. I, I did. Um, I grew up with, with both of my parents. What did they do for work? Uh, so my my mother actually she when I was younger she started off as an administrator. Okay. For a group home. Mm. Um. So she worked with you know special special needs. Um. I grew up seeing that. Um. I was I would go to, go to work with her all the time. Help her out. She sounds like a saint. <laughs> Yeah. She's my, my mom is, uh, she's, she's, uh, she's a very unique person. Mm. Um, she's someone who has a really like strong attitude, but she has such a big heart. Mm. Um, I grew up with her, you know, seeing her do that. Um, she transitioned into being a, a teacher now. So she's also a teacher at, in, uh, for Downey Unified School District. Mm. Oh, cool. Um, but, and then my father, my father grew up, uh, well, he pretty much did construction all his life, um. My father was born in uh, in Chihuahua, Mexico, bet. and my my mother was actually born here. Um, they went to they went to school together. My dad was brought really young, um, but I grew up going to, going to work with my dad as well. You know, he would take me and pretty much show me how to work. I'd go do construction with him as you know as a kid all the way up into my teens, even like after high school. Um, so, but my my father always I would say like um, my father. Pretty much, you know, he, he taught me how to work, how to work hard. And uh, he would tell me, like, I'm not showing you how to do this so that you can do this for, you know, your full-time job or so that you do this for your future. It's so that you know how to do this stuff in your own house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that, you know, you know how to pick up a tool and, and do it yourself. So I think that that's a really important thing for, I think, for a male as well. Male and female, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um, I think for males, it's like we're so... I think society kind of, uh, you know, puts this, uh, it's kind of like, you know, we have to be put up put up that, that tough image. Mm. You know, you have to put up that tough boy image. And it's kind of like, I'm not bothered by anything. Um, you know, don't cry type of thing or don't show any emotions. You get up and you, you just work and you just duke it out all day long and you have to provide. Um, so he taught me how to do that. I would say my mother was more so like the, the the person that kind of instilled being like a risk taker, mm. which was like she was like, hey, um, you know, whatever you're passionate about, like go for it. Mm. Um, if you're gonna do something, do it full throttle. Like, don't half ass it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a little bit of both, but I think growing up, um, I guess you can kind of say, you know, I I I had many trades, like things that I was able to lean towards, whether if it was like construction, uh, working my job, being a barber, being an artist, like you basically have one foot in, one foot out.
2: Mm.
3: I think there's many people out there who are able to, uh, to relate to that. And if they're going through that struggle, uh, you know, pretty much, um, trying to find that balance into going into their passions. I think being a father is what makes it a little bit more tougher. Cause you're, you're just, you're, you're scared. You're just like, well, I have a family now, like, is it okay for me to follow my passions? Mm -hmm. Like, I got to make money. Like, I got to feed this kid. You know, like, I got to do certain things. I got to contribute. So you go through those daily battles. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the number, I I basically had a conversation with myself, and I said, you know what, Um, now that I'm a father, what do I want out of fatherhood? Mm. And I think the most, like, important thing for me is, like, if I show my son something, it's for him to be happy. Mm. I get a little bit choked up because it's, you know, it's like, it's been a conversation that I've been having with myself a lot. It's mm. like, I want to teach my kid how to, like, be happy. Yeah. Um, so I, and I talked to Louis about that, too. I'm like, hey, bro, you know, we're on the we're on this mission together. And uh, we know what we want. You know, we're, I'm uh, 31 years old now. I think when you hit that 25 mark, it's kind of like we're like, shit, like, time's ticking. Mm. People, like, look at us kind of like, yo, you have shit figured out. It's like. I have it together, but it doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't mean that it's, uh, like, things sometimes, you know, don't get, don't get tough, doesn't Mm. fall apart. But I think for us, we try to, uh, like, our personas, we don't allow to, like, allow that to, like, highlight who we are. Mm. Mm -hmm. We don't try to highlight, you know, we're having, like, a messed up day, you know?
1: Yeah.
3: So for us, it's just, you know, like, let's be positive, you know, like, you know, it'll
1: it'll work itself out. So I like what you're talking about as far as with your next generation that you're leading with your son, having that work ethic still instilled because that's so important, but also letting him know, hey, you can be happy. You can... um, make a living out of your passion just like you guys are working on right now and you know growing that and it's really cool because that seems like is this kind of one of the first times that that opportunity like that doesn't sound like your dad had that opportunity to, to be like Definitely. I'm gonna be an artist and I'm gonna do barbershops and I'm gonna do this shit and exactly. then and then I have a kid oh you know what I mean so it's like it's really cool that you're able to do that now and like how conscious are you of that uh, I would say, you know what? I think now, uh, my parents—they—they—they
3: see—they—they've—they've always known I've had had a drive. Mm. You know, they—I was—I didn't grow up lazy.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I've never been afraid to go out there and get it by myself. I, if anything, that's a, actually something I've always wanted to do. I never wanted like the handout.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I can say I'm fortunate and I'm grateful the fact that I did have like their support if I needed anything. But ever since I was like a kid, like if like even with haircuts like there's a lot of kids who it's their parents their parents are basically struggling to get them into that chair mm. mm-hmm. and they're like crying but for me I was like if you tell me I'm gonna go go get a haircut like I was happy mm. I was, that's what I wanted but my mom was like hey like a haircut every week like you know it's a little bit it's a little bit tough yeah but I mean I grew up doing chores in the house you know cutting the grass doing stuff like that so I think ever since I was a kid um Things that I wanted, whether if it was like shoes or, you know, my haircuts every week, I began to start cutting like my, my neighbor's grass. Like I would wash their, their cars, mm. stuff like that, just for those extra bucks to mm-hmm. go on and do it. So I think ever since I was young, I always knew I wanted to be my own boss. Mm. I feel that. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't know exactly in what, but again, it's like if you, if you know what you want out of life like, and you work towards something, it'll work itself out. But the thing is if if you're not taking yourself serious, you can't expect the world to take you serious right. or mm-hmm. anyone to take you serious. Mm. I think one thing that you guys brought up was um that you guys had just hit your 100th episode, you know, congrats on that. Thank yeah. you. And Appreciate I think it. that just shows like determined like determination, you know? So if people are like, "Oh, you know, you're doing a podcast like uh how many episodes do you have?" You know, it's just people I think people try to like size you up. Mm to like to see where you're where you, where you are or if it's even important enough but for us personally it's kind of like if someone wants to do something we don't ever mind like giving on the information that we know or the knowledge mm. yeah i feel that it doesn't cost us anything honestly right. and i think for people uh i know a lot of people who were like no, like, I went through it. Like, they got to go through it themselves.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. Fuck those people. <laughs> I, I, I don't agree with it, yeah. honestly.
3: Right. I, I dealt with it. Um, I think it's like, like like what does it cost you to tell this person like what your process is? Right. Or what made your life a little bit easier? hmm But if someone, you know, there, there's people out there who, yeah, it's like you try to give them a little bit of advice or they'll ask you for advice and then they continue to do the same shit over and over. Right. And it's like, bro, you just messed yourself. You're Mm. messing yourself up. Don't Mm -hmm. expect for anyone to take you serious if you're not taking yourself serious. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like you're just, you're creating barriers for yourself.
1: Yeah. I have a question for you. Drive. Um, What exactly have you seen as far as the way that we operate things? It's not very normal the Mm -hmm. way I do it. I've not been normal since birth. It's a textbook ADHD to like the point of just like crazy like you talk about getting it done like you don't want to be my teammate because I'm waking you up at 4 in the morning and you're getting the fuck up and we're finishing this mural I don't care oh you gotta go home no you don't finish this fucking mural all right you know so it's like that's the type of thing to where I'm we're in a position now which you guys are is as your success grows, right? And you've been fortunate enough to, you know, make more money and have more opportunities than your parents do, your kids are also that's the way kind of my life is growing up. I grew up very middle class, you know, nothing crazy. But at the end of the day, sports was my outlet. And the way I learned about people was through sports. I fuck school, fuck all that. But it's one of those things to where I figured out that you don't have to come from the gutter. Like my parents, they came from the gutter, Mm -hmm. right? They had to get their stuff and they were able to claw their way up just like you guys are doing with your kids. So now they had this mindset of like, oh, well, Venture is going to be soft because we're giving him all these things. He's got all these toys. He's living by the beach. He's doing this and this. It's making you soft. But at the end of the day, something that I'm curious, which you guys are planning, is when you do have kids, I'm in a position now to make more money than anybody in my family has ever combined, touched, Right. right, with the area that I'm at. I don't think that my kids are gonna be soft because life is hard within itself, right? So the way I'm thinking of it is it's not where you start. It's when I hand the baton to you, young man or young girl, whoever my son or daughter is, I think it's how far you move the needle, right? Exactly. So it's like, it doesn't matter if your dad is LeBron James, right? Okay, if you want to play basketball, what are you doing for the sport to continue to grow it, right? Is that kind of where you guys are at with your kids, like the, the, the philosophy behind it?
3: Most definitely. I, was, I You know, for myself, uh, I actually grew up playing baseball. Mm. So as a kid, I mean, baseball, I Who, thought... Who's your team? Uh, Dodgers. Okay. Yeah, nice. that's, that's a must. Um, I actually, I grew up an uh, Eric Gagne fan. Mm-hmm. Um Eric Gagne was was, you know, a pitcher for them. Um, I believe around my teens. But he was actually that that pitcher that would give me that that motivation, like seeing him come out and, you know, seeing the way that the crowd would get and the whole stadium lit up with game over. Like you knew that he was gonna close the game out with the win. Um and I mean I lived my whole life being a Dodger fan, you know, not seeing no World Series win. Up until two thousand twenty, yeah. So people telling me, hey, you know, you think it's time for you to reconsider a team? It's like no, like I wasn't raised like that. You know, it's just this is the team that you know I was raised with, and it's gonna stay like that. So, and I think that itself says a lot about a person um, because things like that kind of it goes into your daily lifestyle, Mm. like with things. You know, me playing sports, I think that does teach you how to become a team player, like the way Lewis said. Um, you have everyone that plays their roles mm-hmm. like everyone has to play their part and contribute it's like if we're slammed for the day it's like you know and we just get like a whole window of people coming in boom that's when you know the next barber boom they start to step it up and it's like we gotta knock these cuts out quick mm-hmm. but I would say like with um because I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm the oldest son but for my brother as well uh you know if my dad was at work it's like I was basically like my dad would tell me you're the man of the house now. Mm -hmm. So that kind of fell into me being the big brother and playing that role. Me and my brother, we never, we, we grew up like in rough areas, but, um, you know, when we were younger and I think like, we never laid hands on each other. That's something that they never, like our parents never taught us to do. Like Mm. we would, we would rough play, but I never, like if we were mad, I never laid my hand on him. Mm. Um, so that was, you know, one thing that, that we were were raised with. But um, I would, you know, tell my brother that, hey, like, I'm just showing you this tough love. Like, if you think I'm being a little bit tough on you, just know that out there in the streets, it's even rougher. Mm. Like, this is really nothing. But I wouldn't like, hey, like, you're going to go out there, you're going to beat your ass anyway. So, mm. you know, let me do it myself. Right. Like, no, I wasn't raised like that. Um, and I think with my son now, I mean, since ever since he was like a couple of months old, um, he's just, he's... I see him like a tough little kid. Like mm. he's just he likes to play really rough. And um, you know, I follow along with it, you know, I love it. Um, you know, my girl she'll she'll tell me like, Hey, you're being a little too you're being a little too much with him and it's like she's like, he's still a baby, and I'm like, he doesn't seem like a baby to me. Yeah. You know, but I but he is my baby, but it's like, you know, I'm playing with him and, and he's just like, he's a tough little kid. But I think uh becoming a father, it's like you're basically that's your role to to show them like what's out there in the world Mm. it's like this is the type of love that you're going to get out there so just be prepared for it
1: i love that i want to switch now to you and i want to get your take on taking that leap when you guys have such a big responsibility you know what i mean it's cool that you guys are able to do that together and you understand like yeah we're both fathers and this is really clearly what the culture of the shop is about you guys haven't even said it but you can feel it Mm -hmm. between it and what is that like sort of you know I get it there's the tough guy persona and there's this stuff but really you're talking about how do I I got to take care of my family but we also have to create something right so it's like you're talking about during the week we got to build that stuff and I get we understand the motivation but some of those it's super relatable if we can just hear to that person listening who's maybe thinking they're they're a truck driver or something like that but they really want to open up a bakery or something like that right to go I can't open up a bakery because I got a two-year-old at home right like i I don't know how that's gonna work. What What are your thoughts with that? Right? Like, how proud are you if you were to talk to yourself two years ago? You know, thinking about making that leap. What would you say?
0: It's actually what Leo said uh, prior is. Uh, what what do you, What's the end goal? What What is the the what are you looking to get out of this? Mm. And it's basically, you know, we doing it for, you know, especially for me, I'm doing it for my family. Mm. You know, and just like you said, you know, you want to put your family in that position that they don't have to, mm. you know, work that nine to five or they don't, you know, obviously you're going to give them, you know, um, throughout the, your lifetime, you're going to guide them and set an example and, you know, give them this this, uh, this idea of how to, how to um, run life a little bit more smoother than what we did you know or mm. what we've been through or what what uh what, what got us to this point mm-hmm. you know what i mean
1: yeah i want to hear it, it's super fun when we hear about this but like that crazy day at the shop if it's just like a busy friday or saturday or something like that what are some of those behind the scenes like what does your day look like if you're booked up how many heads will you cut in a day how many can you cut like what does that look like
0: i feel since since we open from like 9 to 6 30 you know we we, we try to keep it traditional we got our own families to go back so, at the end of the day, mm. so we try to, you know, regular business hours, we we try not to stay open that yeah. late, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. especially in the area that we're at as well, you know what I mean? So, uh, we try to, um, like on a, on a Friday, yeah, I've knock out about like 15 heads, 20 mm. heads. Okay. Just because of the time frame that, that you know, eight hours mm-hmm. that I have, you know.
1: How many can you do before you need like a break? Uh, do you take I, a break after every one or?
0: It depends. It depends mm-hmm. like, uh, like you know, what would... What, um, what type of barber you are like you just like in any job you know certainly you got to have your uh or any career you got to take yourself a little break because mm. you you'll get burnt out
2: yeah, yeah. i Definitely. got a cool question
1: uh, if i was to book like with a or just a random barber let's say like somebody who's good mm-hmm. let's say with you okay would you i'm mean, not you somebody else right would you recommend that somebody gets booked in the morning time or closer towards the end? Do you have to like warm up as a barber or are you just ready to go 24 seven? do you see what I'm saying well, for, for my
0: case um, uh-huh. I usually I, I warm up so my mm-hmm. my first three haircuts you know i'm I'm, I'm taking my time. Getting my rhythm, uh-huh. you know, starting my day. Then once I'm like, you know, say peak hour, twelve or one o'clock, I'm already rolling. Okay, so twelve yeah. is going to be the clean. They're 12 all going to be. They're <laughs> all going to be clean <laughs> haircuts. Fresh, yeah.
1: but that twelve o'clock spot yeah, is going to yeah. be the, the the money one. Yeah. right? But,
0: but I would say, like, if you want to book an appointment, you know, that's what appointments are there for. That's yeah. what we're trying to push at the barbershop. We mm-hmm. have an app. We have, um, we, you know, we you can book it through online. You mm-hmm. know. So we, we're trying to, you know, establish that and get get more people comfortable with the new generation, you know what yeah. I mean? Which is basically everything's on your phone. Yeah, so, definitely. You know what I mean? But, you know, that's why we're establishing that appointment so you can have that that, that special time for yourself, you know what I mean? Mm. So you don't have to be waiting like, uh, uh, co- po- uh, I mean, uh, prior to COVID, you would have to wait, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or give a call to, to, to your local barber. But yeah. now you can, you know... Get that exclusive time and the exclusive seat and that more more of a more of a private. Mm.
2: private
1: yeah, that is awesome. Album. I, I mean, how do you guys feel though? Do you like? I like the waiting part. So over COVID, I started cutting my own hair. So I just haven't been to bar. Like, and I understand now that time that I get, right? It's like an hour out of my week, right? Where I'm able to just sit there and kind of just, I need to cut my hair, but like, you know, just sit there and fade yourself up. And I have the little three mirror setup. It is peaceful. It's so cool. And I can only imagine being able to like, just cut hair all day and just really make somebody's like confidence grow once they see that clean fade that they get. So it's super cool to basically like, it adds to the culture when you get to wait right yeah. but a little bit when things get a little appointment i get it's convenient and that's the world we live in people want it i want my amazon package mm-hmm. today right i don't want to wait till tomorrow i want it today which is crazy because mm. it's coming from like space yeah. how do I, how the hell is it that <laughs> our, our dog collar is coming from you know space and it's yeah. like here in seven hours but that you know culture that i grew up in of you know talking shit, of this and that of blah blah, blah. okay cool get your hair cut it, it adds for a better culture. I don't know. Where do you guys see it? Like, I get they both have their pros and cons, but what, how do you guys think about it?
0: We actually uh, we actually still try to keep that traditional thing at the shop, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Especially when you come into to, to our establishment, you get that warm welcoming. Like, anybody that comes in, any color, any race, no matter what sex you are, we're going to treat you the same. That's mm-hmm. why we established That's Los Angeles Barbershop and the main barbershop of the city.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah,
0: but, okay.
3: yeah just, to, uh, just to touch base on that, I mean, exactly the way Lewis said, I think uh, that's the way we grew up. Mm. We grew up, you know, pretty much waiting for the barber to be done. So then, you know, you're just kind of feeling, feeling the environment, you know, kind of vibing. You're listening to music, whatever the case may be. It's like a whole conversation. I think nowadays you walk into a barbershop, it's, you know, being treated as a studio type of thing where it's like it's appointment only. Um, I mean, that's not something I was used to growing up. That's not something that he was used to growing up. Um, I'm sure even for yourself. Mm -hmm. But for us, we're like, hey, like we can go ahead and accommodate appointments, which Mm. we do. But we walk in. We we welcome walk-ins. And um, we try to, you know, treat them a lot for for them to feel like it's home. And yeah. then it, it's, uh, that's again, that's like with our team, it's us being like four barbers. You walk into a barbershop nowadays, it's kind of like everyone's having their own little individual conversation with their client.
2: Mm.
3: And it just, you. It, it, I feel that it creates tension because it's like, I was kind of raised like, you know, when you're like in someone's home or something, you don't whisper mm. when you're whispering something, it's being rude. Yeah. So for us, it's like, if Lewis is with his client, I have my client, you know, the other guys have their client. We're having, like, a whole, like, outspoken conversation and where everyone can feel free to kind of chime in. Um, and we just try to, like, make it, you know, just have it create, like, a cool vibe for, you know, for everyone to just feel welcome. Yeah. Because it's like if you're just, everyone's just having their own individual conversation, it just creates tension. It, you know, people start thinking things like, oh, you know, this guy talking shit about me or mm. whatever it is. But, you know, we... Pretty much welcome everyone with drinks or you know whatever they like to whatever their cup of tea is you know water, awesome. uh, their monster mm-hmm. or uh, whether if they want to walk in maybe they're hungover mm. you know we like to welcome <laughs> you know with them with something yeah but uh, so that's 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 what we like to you know that's pretty much the direction of where we're heading like
1: treating things it, it is kind of funny if you think about it like you could make the case that barbershops were the original podcast let's say mm. like the way that it was was i remember being like a young guy and being like okay let's let the older guys talk first mm-hmm. right where is it going okay we're talking about sports right and then there are this this there's an argument going on okay let me chip in i think lebron's the goat or something like yeah. that right and then that's all you get you got to wait until it goes around <laughs> what about golf what about golf i like tiger woods you know what mm-hmm. i mean oh but he did this and this and that I'd still pick Tiger you know, things exactly. like that. Like, everybody gets their time. But, yeah, when it gets divided, I guess you just got to play that. You got to balance it out, right, and make it work. But, yeah, hey. Yeah.
3: At the end of the day, I mean, you figure that's that's what a barbershop is. Uh, exactly what a nail salon is for a woman, um, you know, whether if they're going to go do their hair, whether if they're going to go, you know, dye their hair, whatever the case may be. Like, guys don't really have that outlet mm. so it's like the barbershop is the place for for men to kind of you know where we're being the, like their therapist where they're able to you know we're basically exchanging energy and these guys are you know telling we, we know their personal life you know like we know what what, what they're going through mm. but yeah them walking in after having like a long day at work or Maybe they're going through something. And then, yeah, you know, once we finish up and we deliver that haircut that they wanted, now you see a person walking out with confidence. Mm. And after a, a talk of someone understanding what they're going through, it, you could just see the relief that they walk out with. Mm. Yeah. It's like, it's all right.
0: Well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're
3: just like, damn, I've been dealing with shit all day. And, and you know, or maybe, you know, they have daughters you know, just daughters, and they don't have any sons. Yeah. So it's like, I feel for those dads out there. Mm. You know, it's like, if, you know, <laughs> if, if you listen, you know, my yeah, my partner right here, you know, it's like, man, bro, it's, it's, it's tough. Mm. But then again, you know, the atmosphere that we're creating, it's like, that's the reason why we're doing it. Mm. It's for those people. And it's something that we want. And for the we, we well. know what we want, you yeah. know? Yeah. We're just basically trying to create that space for, especially for the new generation. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not trying to be those older heads. That's like, you know, <laughs> oh, our generation was better. Oh, like, yeah. No, we're trying to make it like where we could be the big brothers of mm-hmm. the new generation. I like see it. that. Whatever we that. go through, you know, we can help you guys out.
2: Basically. Yeah, I love that.
1: Definitely. Yeah. As we kind of start to land this plane here, we appreciate you guys coming on. I guess, what was your first experience with Natural Thoughts and Talks? Personally,
3: yeah I mean I think it was I've dope come man. in <laughs> first, time, first
0: time you know first time for everything pretty <laughs> dope man. Uh, you know podcast I like the atmosphere is um hopefully you guys you know come by and you know we Absolutely. can actually film this at, at the barbershop yeah. with mm-hmm. with the mural being all done and yeah. you know all the new uh the new implements that we're putting into the shop so but it, overall I, it was uh, it was a pleasure
2: Yeah, Yeah, we loved having you We definitely
0: appreciate you guys.
1: It was was a little
3: nerve-wracking at the beginning. (laughs) I think it's just, you know, us starting off our day. Yeah. But, yeah, we really appreciate it. You
1: guys played it cool. So we have two more questions that we love to ask all the guests that come in. For sure. The first one being, is there anything that myself or Hannah didn't get an opportunity to ask you that maybe you wanted to come on and talk about, you know, before we kind of close things out? There doesn't have to be anything. It's just we like to open that up for any questions or, you know.
3: You have anything? I mean, I think for the most think, part, yeah, I think covered you covered a, a lot. I think you guys, Yeah. I think you I did my job. Did, you know, you guys, <laughs> yeah, mm. for sure. I think you guys, uh, you know, dip, you guys pretty much hit every pinpoint, so, yeah. like, you know, as at least for starting off business owners, you know, mm. anyone that's, um, trying to figure things out is just keep pushing. Yeah. Um, it does get tough. You know, there, there are a lot of hurdles and if you're not doing what you enjoy, like you're going to want to give up yeah. m- like many more times. And, uh, just you know obviously everyone has their families to feed but it's like at least like if you're going to do that you know and you're not maybe you feel like you didn't get the chance to like follow your passions it's like at least kind of find a hobby Mm -hmm. or or give yourself some personal time to to be able to like an outlet to look towards so it's like you have something on a day-to-day basis to kind of look forward to because if not it's like life is going to be a little bit tougher Mm. I see that you know even for us but i mean people look at us and they're like yo you know it seems like you guys got things figured out it seems like you know life is good the again it's the be- it's the behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. that they don't see right. and it does get tough but we just got to keep it pushing yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's pretty much it but yeah. you know i mean we we trust you know trust us we really do we can relate to a lot of people out there a lot mm-hmm. of families and exactly to the way you said you know people might See, hey, you know, it seems like, like, you know, everything's cool. You know, you guys are over here by the beach.
0: Um, <laughs> I
3: know it's not like, yeah, it's not like that. Like, I, you know, I was raised that at one point you can have something, the next second it could be taken away from Definitely. you. So yeah. I, I, I know what it is to have and not have. Mm. And there's a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people don't know about me and they'll kind of only highlight whatever you choose for them to see. Mm. Yeah.
1: But I, I like what you're saying. I kind of want to touch on consistency and the importance of consistency. I'm fortunate enough to where I'm talented, yes. However, I've just had great mentors forever. My dad was the greatest dad that I can. He prepared me for fucking 30 years of life before I even left the house, right? We're just, he was so militant with what he's doing with consistency. The mentors that I have, like the office that I work in, I'm fortunate enough to be just a fly on the wall with some of the most talented people in their industry and I just I'm so thankful every time I get out of a meeting or you know off a call or something like that and I learn something I'm like just thankful for this opportunity however due to my consistency and curiosity I did earn that seat at the table right to be such a young age and still be at the table to whereas everybody else is you know drinking and fucking chasing girls and this and that and partying I'm trying to facilitate something like with this show to where it's able to help i can only be in one place right but if you build a show that can get listened to by luckily thousands of people like we are right now i'm able to be we're able to be in multiple places i can put you guys in multiple places that can help somebody in thailand if i grow it big when i grow it big enough somebody in brazil to go like no this is behind the scenes of a barbershop, right? They're people just like you. They're just as talented. The difference between where you're at right now and where they are is consistency, exactly. right? It's don't go to step two until you can do step one in your fucking sleep, right? Exactly. Yeah, no, I think,
3: and, and everyone's, uh, everyone's process is different. I mean when people try to tell you there's a certain way of doing things honestly not everyone works the same way
1: mm. absolutely
3: uh, even with haircuts i mean some people might look at the way you cut hair uh, there there's everyone has different steps mm. um but at the end it's it's what that end result is and what that turns out to be mm. um but you know there's nowadays you know living in this this society that we live in with you know social media and everything there's so many critics out there there's a lot of people who are criticizing you know and people who feel like like there's a there's a proper way to do it, mm. but I don't think they remember when they first started. Mm. Yeah, you know? and I think for us, that's something that we like to keep in mind. Like um, whether if it's us highlighting more of our haircuts now than what we used to post. Like we're like, well, this is the society we live in now, where we got to push out our work. Yeah, um, it doesn't mean we just started this year. We've been doing it. It's just that we weren't we weren't highlighting it, mm. and maybe we were trying to perfect our craft a little bit more. But honestly. Whether if you're just starting off, don't be afraid to push your workout, and and I think that was something I struggled with was pushing out what sure. I was passionate about, and people were like, "Yo, like you know, you, you know how to paint, you know how to cut hair, you know how to like work on stuff like in the house, you know how to do all this stuff. Like, why don't you like push it out?" And it's just I wasn't trying to be that person, you know, just to be throwing all that out there. But at the end of the day, it's like don't be afraid to do it. Mm. Like we live in this world now. You don't have to push out every single thing that you do but you have to feel it from inside to like if if you feel it and and you're trying to push out a certain purpose then then do it mm. that's but it don't feel overwhelmed to say you know what all these people all my friends are 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 doing this so i need to do it too like you follow what you feel that you need to be
1: doing mm. i feel that I, like I don't that.
3: I, yeah i don't fall under that pressure like with other artists either like oh you know these people are pushing out a lot of work like i have to do the same thing like i I like to protect my energy a lot and Mm. it's like I have to really feel feel like my work in order you know when I'm comfortable enough to push it out Mm. but I don't I don't fall under that that overwhelming feeling of you know I gotta start doing this and I gotta start doing this I mean I, I, I go through it with myself but it's me applying the pressure on myself, but not because of what I see creative. society is pushing. Mm. I
0: feel like that would be, that, that falls into a creative mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think
3: every creative goes through that. So, mm. I, and, and everyone has their own creative process mm. and, yeah. and the times of the hours. Right. So I know like midnight up until like maybe 4.35 a.m. like those hours are real like crucial, like as a creative. Like you for just, you? I think for creatives in oh, general, gotcha. honestly, like a, if for a lot of artists that stay up like late, mm. You just, you get like this whole, it's like a rush of ideas Mm. that start coming to you Mm -hmm. because you just feel like the whole world is asleep Mm. and you're awake. Oh, I get that. That's cool. And it puts you in this, this, uh, a different time type of like a, like a trance, Mm. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's there's no there's no perfect way to do something. Everyone has their own process, and
1: at the end of the day, it's just what the end result is. Mm. Definitely, and I want to leave you guys with our last question. I even want to hear maybe both of you guys' take on it. As we're growing this brand and this show, we love to have as many just creative minds, as many business owners like yourselves, just people who have really good spirits. Who are maybe like two to three people that you guys can think of that you would recommend? They could be a business owner. They could be, you know, an artist or another barber. It doesn't matter. Just somebody with your stamp of approval that you think is really solid that we could reach out to and maybe get in the same seat as you guys. Is there anyone that comes to mind? Uh, you know what? Yes. Uh, like I have many people. Um,
3: My whole family, honestly, they're all creatives. Mm, um, oh, cool. But I would say one person that actually taught me. Like about like marketing and and stuff like that, uh, as as one of my older cousins, my cousins, my cousin Rich. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, they, you can look him up under Instagram. I believe it's under. uh I'm Not sure if he changed it up, but he, he goes by the Manimal. Okay. Okay. So it's basically, because he's a he's an animal when it comes to like editing, you know, media mm. and oh, cool. stuff like. He's a he's a filmer. He does several things as well, Um but he uh he created. Just to, you know, give you guys like a quick rundown. Um, When I was in, I think, leaving high school, he actually, he opened up a a gallery Mm. um, out in the San Fernando Valley. Um, Being from out here, you know, from like L.A., like I would never drive out towards the valley. Mm -hmm. Uh I thought that thing was like three years, I mean, three three, uh, three hours (laughs) away. Three years away. Yeah, like (laughs) basically. Um, So I never knew where the valley was, but I would only see them like at big family parties and stuff like that. Um, but leaving, you know, me like on my art journey when around my teens, I think that was when I was kind of like into tagging and stuff like that is when I kind of like met up with them again and, uh, my cousin, you know, opened up a gallery. Well, he pretty much created a space, you know, for basically our family and, and all the locals to, uh, highlight their work Mm. and be able to present their work.
2: Um,
3: so we had our own team as well, uh, which, which went by Analigito um that was a company that my my cousin started and um i believe you know now that i look back at it now at the time i was younger i really didn't understand really you know i was trying to figure myself out as well as an artist but i really didn't know what he was like creating at the time but this is before like youtube and all the tiktokers Mm. and, and content creators so i would like to you know give a shout out to him like that guy he's he's like someone who's real passionate about what he does um, and I would say, you know, that'd be someone that you guys might want to like highlight their yeah, work, definitely. but I, I, my other cousins as well, you know, I have a cousin that's a muralist as well. Mm. I have another cousin, my cousin, Eric, who's, uh, he's a photographer. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a lot of people who I can definitely recommend yeah. you guys getting onto the show. I think they're, they're not afraid to like give any gems, you know, yeah. to, to all, you know, any upcoming artists in whatever they're trying to do. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you got anybody that you want to? You're good? (laughs) Well, hey, if you think about anybody, you (laughs) know. For sure. Definitely.
1: But hey, we appreciate you guys coming on. This has been another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Appreciate you guys. Bye. Bye.